All right, this is Jared and Legs with uh, MetalSpeak.com here with uh, Anders Nussrum. Nussrum. <laughs> Sounds, <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. With Catatonia. How, how are you? I'm good. Good. So you guys are out on tour with uh, Cult of Luna and Intronaut and Tesseract. How's the uh, tour going so far? Yes, we are. Uh, it's been a good tour. It's a pretty short run this time. It's just expanding like over two weeks, which is, I mean, every time we've been over here, we've been here for like, you know, five, six weeks. So it's a pretty short run and still hitting, you know, the main markets. So it's uh, not a secondary tour or anything like that. It's, uh, it's a real good, good tour with a cool lineup uh, of uh, four very progressive, ambitious bands, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. Something for everybody. Exactly. I mean, no, no one of them, you know. Yeah, nobody sounds alike, but everybody shares. I think you know, being very ambitious bands, very creative, and uh, yeah, somehow some sort of progressive element between us. Yeah. yeah what's uh, what's been the best stop of the tour so far? Best stop of the tour. Uh, help me out, Gary. Best stop of the tour. Uh, Chicago was uh, really good. Chicago is usually always really good. That was was it yesterday? It was yeah, two days ago. Two days ago. Two days ago. It took us two days to come here from Chicago. Oh, wow. That's fine. Uh, was good. Yeah. There was a couple of good. I mean, New York's always good. That, that was more you know worse on our part because we were still ironing out some technical issues we were having. You know gears not working as it should and stuff like that, which kind of, you know, rubs off negatively on you in a mental way while, while you perform. It's hard to, you know, hard to keep a poker face while, while that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, good run. Canada was also really good. Toronto. So there's, there's been good good gigs. Yeah, so uh, James from Tesseract was saying, he was saying Toronto was really fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Canada's, I mean, they, usually they... I don't know. They know their metal, so so to speak. So it's always fun coming over to Canada as well. So I just kind of see the whole continent as, you know, yeah, it is a one big continent. I, I I don't really differ, you know. I mean, it's two different countries, obviously, but uh, I mean, it's like North America for me. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's all exotic enough, you know. Well, they're they're much nicer up there too. Yeah, much more polite. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it does remind me a little bit of Europe, Europe in some ways. Yeah, also uh, probably the catering. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the, the number one uh, the number one tiebreaker between you know when we ask bands if uh, you know what's the main difference between touring the states and, and right. uh, Europe. It's it's the catering, yeah. the accommodations. Yeah, yeah, but you know there's many you know pluses and minuses here. I think touring America. Uh, versus Europe can be, I mean, there's there's just one currency wherever you go, right? In Europe you have like, what do you have? Yeah, as many as countries, you know, it's like you go a few hours north or west and you have like a new currency, a new language. Yeah, right. It's one language as well and uh, my favorite is that you can have just one internet provider and just be online whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I, I love touring America. Yeah, it's cool. There is a plus. Mm. So you guys just just dropped the new album. Well, a redone, a, a redo of Dead End Kings. Uh, yeah, the, the remake. Yeah. yeah. So um, talked a little bit with Pear about it back in May when you guys were out here with uh, Opeth. But uh, kind of what prompted that for you guys to, to kind of re kind of strip everything down? And well, 
I kind of felt it was something we just had to do, you know, something that we otherwise we would have been, it would have been, you know, taking over your subconscious and just rubbed off in another way. I just wanted to to ex have that experiment done and over with because it was just constantly coming up uh, as an idea while we were recording that in Kings, you know, constantly. Uh, so we just said like, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's wrap up the recordings as we intended to have them, you know, they follow our vision through here, which was obviously to make, a, you know, a heavy album uh, with the Catatonia trademarks in it and say like, let's keep the experiment for something later. And, uh, you know, once we were done, I brought up the idea. First, I had to convince the band, you know, that this was a good idea to follow through because everybody wasn't sure about, you know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have an audio proof of, of what it's going to sound like, you don't know what I'm talking about, really. It sounds sound a little bit too obscure first. So I was just like, just trust me, this is going to be great, you know. And after that, convinced our label and our management and everybody else, and, you know, the album's out. I, I think it worked out really well, you know. I'm not going to lie, I was skeptical, but it's, right. it's, it's really, really well done, the way, yeah. the way you guys did that. I mean, cool. the, you yeah. know, the... Uh, <clears throat> the racing heart always gives me goosebumps every time I hear it, you know, because that chorus it hits really well. So <clears throat> I was kind of I was kind of iffy on how how that was going to work out, but especially when that really lush bass line kind of yeah. kicks in, it's yeah. just like I mean, it was just like hot. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like it's just <laughs> like I mean, the whole yeah, I mean, just the whole the whole idea yeah. of the whole album worked really well. I think some parts uh, work better uh, this way. Some parts obviously didn't work at all because we took away all the evidence from. Right. You know, all the drums are gone and the distorted rhythm guitars are gone. But I think if you liked some of the, you know, beautiful, quiet parts on the album, they, they are even more highlighted on this album. Right. That was the whole, you know, that was the vision of the, of the album. Yeah. That was what, we, yeah, the, the whole elegance, you know, to, to the album. So Yeah, especially like Lethean, where it's, that one's like a lot heavier on the album. Yeah. It's a lot more up-tempo, but, you yeah. know, you, you, even the stripped-down version, it just works. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it will be really interesting to see how this will go down live, actually, because we are going to try these songs. Out. Oh, really? Yeah. So next year. Okay. okay. Not not now. Not yeah. not tonight. Uh, no acoustic guitars now. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it's going to, you know, how how we are going to, you know, transform what we did on Dethroned and Crown into a live setting. Yeah. That's going to take a lot of preparation and more experimentation, actually, to pull it through. I think and. Uh, we have some pretty cool plans going for that, though. Uh, we don't have any immediate plans for U.S. dates, though, but we have been talking about, you know, booking some strange, unusual venues in Europe for it, you know, even like churches and stuff mm. like that. So it's going to be different yeah. and weird. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That'd actually be really cool to yeah. kind of see that set up in a, like, a really ornate cathedral, mm -hmm. you know, just have a... Yeah. Follow through, you know, with yeah. the atmosphere and just... Let the music do the talk. Lots of candles and lots of burning candles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're planning on being seated for this as well. Yeah. And also having the audience seated as well. So Catatonia yeah. unplugged. Yeah. There you there go. You go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about um, maybe kind of doing like a retrospective of your disco discography and trying that with some of your older stuff? Or uh, Jonas refuses that. Yeah. That he said immediately, like if we're gonna do it now, we'll do it to this album, but we're not gonna, not gonna touch anything else. So I'm like, fine, you know. But he has to do it when we do it live. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're gonna obviously not just play the new album live. We're gonna do it to a lot of our old songs from our discography. I can even see personally. I can even see us trying one of the songs from the first album. You know, that's gonna be really different. Yeah. Doing that, you know, because then you, you have to come up with new. No, then you have yeah. to come up with new vocal lines. You know? Yeah. And that could make the song sound totally like a new song. But it will still be us. Yeah, right. This is interesting. So uh, let's see. Let's see how my persuasion goes. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. So um, I mean, as far as like songwriting goes, I mean, as a guitarist, and, and where do you where do you pull? Who are some of your biggest influences? Where do you where do you pull your inspiration from? Uh, well, that's really hard to pinpoint right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's. Playing-wise, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm easily impressed by players, but I might not be influenced by them, you know. So I can still, like, totally appreciate uh, a guy being really good at guitar, what is, you know, coming up with great licks and his, you know, technique and style and everything. But influence-wise, I still, you know, I think I keep to my same old kind of influences I always had, which mostly are the dudes I... I grew up listening to uh, in the 80s, you know, the whole heavy metal thing. You know. uh, Kick It Down in Glenn Tipton, Judas Priest, of course. I mean, their like harmony breaks, always like this dual lead thing they had. That, that was a big influence for even, you know, uh, picking up a guitar for me in the first place. Also, Wolf Hoffman of Accept, I, I adored his solos. I thought they were great, I still think they're great. Uh, you know, I used to, when I came to, to the part where he was doing a solo, I always kept reversing the Walkman back, you know, to the part over and over and over and over again. And after a while, I was like, I want to do what he's doing now, but I want to take this into riffs. So this is, you know, what how Catatonic came about. Right? So it's all like, you know, has a old spring of, you know, have a metal soloing uh, and... You know, just uh, like making it more simple and turning down the pace into some kind of a doomy thing, you know. It's, that's how catatonic happened. Yeah. yeah. You guys have been doing this for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, what uh, what keeps you going? What, what keeps you inspired? What keeps you in the game? Uh, that's a good question. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, of course, there are days where you question everything and you just want to, you know, throw in the towel and say, shit, I'll, I'll quit, you know, this is it, I had enough. But you know that you're in for the long haul. And uh, a good thing with us is that the last album we do actually inspires us to make another one. Because it, the next one will be a little bit like an answer, you know, of the next one. What, like, you know, when you went... You, you, we're always happy when we go out of a studio, otherwise we would still be in there working on the album. But we're immediately like, oh, next time we're going to do that, next time we're going to do that, you know. So we're always working towards that next time, you know, and that's what keeps the ambition going. And also, having the touring cycle for an album is it what makes everything worth it, because then you come out and meet everybody that obviously liked what you did, you know, and you get to talk with them and hear their feedback and see what, you know, Hopefully you did good, and hopefully not, but you did not so good. <laughs> everything is cool. I mean, criticism is there for a reason. So, But, you know, just hearing what people think and bunch, you know, bumping into everybody. Just. 
hearing what I have to say about your stuff. So, so on that note, what kind of feedback have you been getting on the on the new album on the road or uh, like the, <clears throat> the the absolute dethroning crown? Not so much yet. Uh, I, I still think people are just you know like getting into it or they just got it because it just came out like last month. Yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. So. I think that's a little bit too fresh for people to, to, to come up and say what they think about it. Uh, maybe they need some time as well. I mean, I, I, I certainly know that this album is like, if you have grown fam really familiar with Dead and Kings, this one will take a while probably to, you know, wear off the shock. <laughs> kind of unlearn and relearn. Yeah, exactly. You have to yeah. unlearn. That, that's a really good way of talking about it. So, but uh, feedback-wise on Dead and Kings is, is top-notch. Yeah, it's top notch actually. So I just have to, you know, measure that as our most successful album today. Yeah, yeah. So you can, I mean, front to back, listen wise, I mean, it's phenomenal. I, it was one of my tops for, for 2012. So it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the raising heart is at the top of my play count in my yeah. iPod. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, something nice. about that fucking chorus, man. It just ah, every time. Like did something the right. The first time I heard it, I was just like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's great to hear. Actually, great stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys have going for the rest of the year? Uh, we have a really exciting tour coming up right after this one. Uh, we're going out with Paradise Lost and Lacuna Coil uh, in Europe for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's Paradise Lost 25th anniversary. Hmm. So we thought, like, should we add something special to that? Yeah, we should, because we found out that one of our albums had a 10th year anniversary, mm -hmm. Viva Emptiness. Okay. So we said, uh, you know, I, I, that was the album that's actually being reissued on October 28th. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my goals for, yeah, for 10 years, basically, since that ever came out. I wanted to go back and amend some things on that album that always uh, bugged me. There was some production issues on that album that I, you know, it's been haunting me ever since, and uh, I finally got to uh, rectify it. So that's coming out, and we're playing that whole album start to finish. Oh, nice! Uh, that's it's a it's a cool thing to do, you know. It's it's just gonna be done now and never here. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, people always like, you know, I it, I know there are bands doing it more often now, like Metallica doing it, you know, Megadeth doing it, and stuff like that. But we're not gonna do this to every album just because it's a tenth anniversary. Right. This happened to be. Uh, a random thing for us now, you know. If we didn't have the tour, we wouldn't do it. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited about that, you know. There, there are songs on that album we, we never played ever, and we play rarely, stuff like that, so it's gonna be really cool for us as a band to go back in time and dig those songs up and do them. Because we've been also now touring for Dead and Kings for three years, or wait, two years. Three years? Three years? Two years? Losing track. <laughs> uh, and you know, we're pretty much done with with those songs live-wise now. So it's, it's cool. It's this cool break to do another album just like so soon. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping to hear some off of that one. At least last year when you guys were out here with Paradise Lost. So I was fingers crossed for Burn the Remembrance. But then you played it in Boulder, and I was like, Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it sneaked in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty stoked about that. I think yeah, you were there, right? Yes. I was geeking uh, out pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, I had to contain you a little bit. Put <laughs> <laughs> me in a headlock. <laughs> it's just the song. <laughs> Bowler, that was... Um, 
pass. Right. That was the last. Yeah, the last time we were here. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old Colorado. I remember that. What was the venue called? Uh, Fox Theater. I think so. Was it the Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that we played twice? Yeah, it was yeah. twice. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think I was there the second night. So. Right. Yeah. I think we had different setlists for both of those nights, actually. Yeah. Because we were, you know, expecting people who may show up again, you know. Yeah. Uh, so switch it up a little bit. Uh, which is something every band should try to do, actually. Switch up their setlists more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, totally. I mean, if they can, why shouldn't they do it, you know? It's a good thing, both for yourself and for the fans. Yeah. Swap it up. Unless you don't play their song, and then they... There will always be a story. Yeah, we hear it every night. We hear it every night. <laughs> Why did you play that song? It's like, well, we did it the last time, right? Yeah. Oh. You know. <laughs> but it's like... Oh. Yeah, you, you, you just can't, you know, make everybody happy. That's yeah. just how it is, right? But we try. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, anything else? We're good? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time. We certainly appreciate it. Um, good luck on the rest of the tour, and 